So we're talking about boldness today. And I want you to look at at what Paul said about Jesus in Philippians chapter 2 before we jump into Acts. It says this in verse 9, Paul speaking about Jesus. He says, therefore, God elevated him to a place of highest honor and gave him the name above all other names. That at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Now, back it up. Paul was saying a couple of sentences before this that we all need to have the same attitude that Jesus had. Well, what was Jesus' attitude? Jesus' attitude was, I'm going to live my life for God and not anything else. I'm going to suffer for him. I'm going to rejoice in him. I'm going to go where he tells me to go, even when I don't want to go. That was Jesus' attitude. He was submitted to the Father, and he trusted God to determine the path of his life. Amen? And Paul was saying, you need to have that same attitude. And then Paul talks about his name. Let me read it again. God elevated him to the highest place. I'll say highest. Highest honor and gave him a name that is above all other names. There's no greater name than the name of Jesus. And I'm not saying that like a religious cliche. I'm saying it as it's real. The most powerful name you can ever call on is the name of Jesus. There's no no greater name than the name of Jesus. Then it says that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. And then every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. That word confess right there is a very strong word for agree. So watch this. One day when Jesus returns, every knee, every knee, say every, every knee will bow to Jesus. And every tongue will agree, the word says. It says confess, but that word really means to agree strongly. Every tongue will strongly agree that Jesus is Lord. That's powerful stuff right there, y'all. Because listen to me, he's coming back. We don't know when, but he's coming back. And when he does, everybody's going to take a knee. And every tongue is going to confess, I agree, Jesus is Lord. And they're going to have a revelation of Jesus like they've never had before. You know, the pleasure we have as Christians is we've already had that revelation. And we get to walk in a relationship with him. Think about that. We don't get to get surprised one day like, oh, man, them Jesus freaks were right. Jesus is real. No, we don't get to do that. We get to go, yeah, that's Jesus. That's He is Lord. That's Jesus. Right? And that's what's going to happen. So he's, his name is above every other name. And, that's, and the reason I wanted to tell you that was because you need to know who you're following. It's one thing to say I'm a Christian. It's another thing to say that I'm a Jesus follower. Right? I'm following Jesus. Well, who's this Jesus? Well, he's, he's got a name that's above every other name. He's Lord of Lords, King of Kings. There's no greater name than his. By him and only by him am I saved. Come on, that's Jesus. You want me to continue? (laughs) Because we have to know who we're following. His name is above all names. Every knee will bow at his name and every tongue will confess that he is Lord. It's important because you're going to see it pop up in the book of Acts. Let's go with me to chapter 4. I'm going to start in verse 1. And I'm going to read to 13. Peter and John get themselves in trouble. They perform a miracle on a guy at the gate. 
and all of a sudden they get in trouble. But before they get in trouble, they get a chance to, to preach. Chapter 4, verse 1, it says, When Peter and John were speaking to the people, they were confronted by the priests, the captains of the temple guard, and some of the Sadducees. These leaders were very disturbed that Peter and John were teaching the people that through Jesus there is a resurrection of the dead. They arrested them, and since it was already evening, put them in jail until morning. (laughs) So they're standing basically at a temple, and they're preaching that Jesus... And only through Jesus can you find resurrection from the dead. Do you know that when you gave your life from Jesus, you didn't go from being bad to being good. You went from being spiritually dead to becoming spiritually alive. I don't know if you knew that this morning, but I just thought I would remind you. You didn't go from being bad to good. You went from being spiritually dead to spiritually alive. Big difference. It's a resurrection from the dead. Old you still in the grave. Come on, somebody. The new you is alive and well. So they get arrested, and it's evening time. Watch this in verse 4. But many of the people who heard their message believed it, so the number of believers now totaled about 5,000 men, not counting women and children. Now, last week when we ended, it was 3,120 people that belonged to the first church. Well, hello, it's still growing. (laughs) Say it's still growing. Now it's growing. It's up to 5,000 men, which translates to about 10 to 15,000 people when you count women and children. Say it's growing. The church is growing. Anything that God is in the middle of grows. When God is the source of that thing, it grows. It has to grow. They're on their way to jail and people are getting saved. You've got to see this. I'm telling you, 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 we get too involved in what we're walking through and we miss the, the greater purpose of what we're walking through. Come on, when when somebody talks behind your back, you have a little tissy fit, you get all emotional, you get all worried, you're biting your nails, you're talking bad about them, and you're all stressed out and freaked out, and the whole time you're missing that God's doing something greater. He's doing, God's always doing something. These cats are on their way to jail, and 5,000 men make up the church. On their way to jail. All they did was pray for somebody to be healed. And preach Jesus. Verse 5. The next day the council of all the rulers. And elders and teachers of religious law met in Jerusalem. Annas the high priest was there along with Caiaphas, John, Alexander and other relatives of the high priest. They brought the two disciples and demanded, watch this, watch what they demanded. By what power or in whose name have you done this? Verse 8. Then Peter, you need to underline this. Then Peter filled with the Holy Spirit. It's the second time it says that Peter was filled with the Holy Spirit. Then Peter filled with the Holy Spirit said to them, Rulers and elders of our people, are we being questioned today because we've done a good deed for a crippled man? Do you want to know how he was healed? Like, do you really want to know, you bunch of religious nuts? Do you really want to know how this crippled man was healed? Watch what he says. Let me clearly state to all of you and to all the people of Israel that he was healed by the powerful name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, the man you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead. Come on, he's preaching 
in his excuse. He's preaching and giving his reasoning. Are you, are you watching this? He's, he's, okay, you're going to stand me up? I'm in trouble. You're going to stand me up in front of the, the smart people? Oh, great. I'm going to preach to them too. It's like you can't keep a good man down. Right? You arrest them, they just get better. <laughs> you throw some trouble at them, they multiply. Like a chia pet. You throw water on it, it continues to grow. Right? It's like you can't hold them down. They, they get questioned. They're in court and they're still preaching. He continues in verse 11, for Jesus is the one referred to in the scriptures where it says, the stone that you builders rejected has now become the cornerstone. There is salvation in no one else, exclamation mark. God has given no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. Let me, let me clear something up for you real crystal clear this morning. You can't get saved by any other way than by Jesus. And if you're waiting on people to pray for you when you die, it ain't happening. You got to be saved before you die. Come on. And you only get saved by confessing and believing that Jesus is Lord and that God raised him from the dead is what the Bible says. It's only through Jesus. God didn't make two doors. He didn't make two ways to get to heaven. He made one way. The Bible says there's one gate. It's a narrow gate. And the gate is Jesus. They heal a beggar, they get in trouble for it. They get arrested while they're preaching. Church still growing. (laughs) Point number one, focus on the filling. Focus on the filling. Verse eight said this, that then Peter filled with the Holy Spirit said to them, and he began to preach. This is the second time the Bible mentions Peter being filled with the Holy Spirit. The first filling was was accomplished or accompanied by the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Remember, that was back when they were in the room where Jesus told them to be. They were praying, and then the Holy Spirit came in, and they were all baptized in the Holy Spirit, and they began to speak in tongues and other languages. That was the first time. He gets filled again. Say, I need to be filled again because I leak. Look at your neighbor and say, you leak. (laughs) he was filled again, but watch this, this time he was filled and it was given to him to give him boldness to, to carry out God's work. Do you know when the Holy Spirit fills you, it's for a purpose? It's not just to make you feel good. It's to actually get you to do something that you didn't want to do when you wasn't filled. Come on. That's why Jesus fills us with the Holy Spirit. Focus on the filling. Don't focus on what you need to say. Jesus told them when, they were, when he was with the disciples, he told them, he said, you're going to stand before kings and rulers and you don't need to worry about what to say because the spirit in you is going to give you the words to say. Now watch this. The greatest, one of the greatest uh, tricks of the enemy is to convince you that you're unqualified to tell somebody about Jesus because you don't know enough of your Bible or you don't know enough scripture or you're not charismatic enough. Listen to me. That is a lie from the pit of Hades. You don't need to be educated you just need to be filled amen be filled and submitted to the holy spirit and he'll give you the words to say dear goodness when you get to the old testament god spoke through a donkey one time say i'm better than a donkey 
And I cleaned that up for you. <laughs> I could have went old King James on you and had you cussing this morning, but I'm not going to do that. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> I know some of you are trying to quit, so I'm going to help you. <laughs> Easy now. Followers of Jesus don't need to be worried about words. Instead, we need to focus on being filled in the Holy Spirit. Stop worrying about words. Focus on the filling. Just focus on the filling and God will put you in a place where all you got to be is a mouthpiece. And the only action you need to take are these. Stand and open. And it's going to come out of you. Why? Because it's in you. So that should take away every excuse to be bold and preach the gospel. See, the good things you get at our Savior's church in the mornings. So I just took your excuse away. We're throwing that thing in the trash. How do we do that? How do we focus on the feeling, Pastor? Well, I think the first thing you've got to do is yield yourself to God and trust that he will fill you. For some of us, it's just a simple act of just yielding myself to God. You know what that means? It's like when you're about to get on the interstate and you kinda, you're, you're trying to get on, but you're looking and you're kind of slowing down. And you're, 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 you're just like being prepared to like, if, if I need to nail it. By, by the way, yield does not mean slow. Just, I, I'm going to preach for a second. Because there ain't nothing worse than getting behind somebody who's getting on the interstate at 45. I mean, I want like one of these deer racks on the front of my truck. And like, Come on, let's go. We're getting on the interstate, people. But yield does not mean stop. Yield means to cautiously approach. So you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit? You want to focus on the filling? Slow your life down enough to cautiously listen to what God's saying. Yield yourself to him. If there's too much traffic, wait. If there's an opening, go. Amen? Simple, just yield, just slow down enough. Listen to me, you're not that smart, you're not that talented. You can't run your own life. You've been doing it so far, and look at where it got you. I love you. Don't be overwhelmed by what you need to say. Listen, we live in a world today, the last thing they want to hear is the these and thou's. Of Christianity. Thus saith the Lord. They're gone. You know what they want to hear? They want to hear what you've experienced with God. That's why the book of Acts is still being written today. Come on, y'all. You are the walking, living, breathing word of God. You're walking it out. Your life is preaching. Let your words just be real. Don't get overwhelmed. I mean, you don't have to have good grammar. Thank God for that. I wouldn't be a preacher. I was raised in Franklin, Louisiana. When swamp people came out, when they had people from that area, like Pierre Park, they had to put subtitles. My wife looks at me, she goes, you understand every word they're saying? I said, yep. It's bad, y'all. Bad grammar. What you hear now is the Lord cleaned it up. And it's a work in progress. (laughs) So number one, focus on the filling. Number two, follow the king. Just follow the king. Verse 10 says this. Let me clearly state to all of you and to all the people of Israel that he was healed by the powerful name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene. 
Peter set the record straight that it wasn't him, it was Jesus. See, when you, when you get involved in God's miracle working power, people want to give you glory. You're not made to take that kind of glory. It'll kill you. You're made to reflect the glory back up to Jesus. Peter goes, you know what? It ain't nothing to do with me. It had everything to do with Jesus. He was the one. It was his powerful name that healed this man. It's not me. I'm just a conduit. I'm just a conduit. God uses me to do that. Healing, miracles, signs, and wonders, they come through us, but they're not by us. I don't heal people. God uses me as a conduit of healing. Right? I don't want any credit, because listen to me, there's, there's three things. If you mess with of God's, he's going to strike you down. His gold, his gals, and his glory. I'm going to say that again, men. There's three things that you don't mess with of God's. His gold his gals, and his glory. Okay, if your husband didn't say amen, elbow him. (laughs) Now watch this. If Jesus is the king of kings and we are his followers, then we're following under his authority and not ours. We're talking about being bold today. How do we become bold as a church First, you got to know who you are. Then you got to know who you're following. You're following the king of kings, the one with the greatest name ever. The only name that you can ever be saved by is the guy that you're following. Amen? And you're walking under his authority. When, when, when someone goes through Next Step here at our Savior's Church and they, they, they complete Next Step, we have a training time for them. And they, they say, I want to join a team. And let's, I'll use OSC Kids for, for an example. They say, I want to join OSC Kids. Well, then what happens is, is our leaders in OSC Kids takes them and they, and they put them on a schedule. And then they take them the first weekend that they get to serve. They, they come and they shadow the leader. It's called shadowing, Right? You know, we're supposed to be shadowing Jesus. Do you realize the reason Peter had so much boldness was because he shadowed Jesus for three and a half years. By the way, he didn't have a Bible. He walked with Jesus for three and a half. He shadowed him. How did he understand the authority that he could walk in when he watched Jesus walk in his authority? You see, when you've been with the king long enough, you walk into a place and you go, I'm here representing the king. I've got authority that is his authority. It's not my own. The disciples leaned and learned of Jesus' authority as they followed him daily. We will learn about Jesus' authority as we walk with him daily. Their boldness was empowered by the Holy Spirit, but their example came through following Jesus. You want to know what your responsibility is? Follow Jesus. Follow Jesus. Sometimes we make it too complicated. Can I be honest with you? You got to do this. You got to go here. You got to wear this. You can't wear that. And you're like, man, what the heck am I doing? Stop. Follow Jesus. 
2 Corinthians 5, 19 to 20 from the message translation says this. God has given us the task of telling everyone that he is, everyone what he is doing. He's given us this task of telling everyone what he is doing. We're Christ's representatives. Say representatives. God uses us to persuade men and women to drop their differences and enter into God's work of making things right between them. We're speaking for Christ himself now. Become friends with God. He's already a friend with you. You seeing that? We're his representation on the planet. Peter and John and these guys, they were the first church. They were God's representatives on the planet. And they just did what they saw Jesus do. And all we ever have to do is just whatever we've seen Jesus do. Amen? And that's all we ever want to treat, uh, teach you or lead you into here at our Savior's Church is just what Jesus has done. I don't want to make you followers of me. It'd be boring. For all of you parents, it's vital that you give your, chi- your kids a great example to follow, right? All of us want to be a great example to our kids, right? Shake your head, do something, I'm going to keep saying it. Y'all want to be a good example to your kids. You want to pass on something great. You know the best example you can give your kids is how to follow Jesus. You can blow it on every other on every other stream, on every other level, but if you just teach them how to follow Jesus, you've accomplished something. So how do we do that? By daily submitting our plans to him. And dying to ourselves and what we want to do. You know that's how you follow Jesus? Listen to me. If I, came, if I called you up and I said, hey, going to this great restaurant, you want to come? Called you up out the blue. You want to come? You would have to make a decision to say no to something else if you wanted to come, right? You would have to change your plans, move some things around to come, unless you're just that bored. But, I mean, you know, most of us would have to change some things. We would, some things would have to die, right? For us to go. I had an opportunity, Cheryl and I, that my dad had tickets to the Astros games, Astros game Friday night. I'm not a big baseball fan, but I've never been to a professional baseball game. And he calls me and says, hey, I got two extra tickets. You want to come? I was like, oh, that'd be good. But if I would have said yes to that, I'd have had to say no to a bunch of other stuff. Right? If you're going to follow Jesus, you're going to have to say yes to following him and no to a bunch of other things. Because here's the problem with most Christians today is we want to be like the world enough that we want to be successful like the world. We want to have the things like the world. So we say yes to Jesus and then we start realizing maybe we're lacking a few of the material things. And then we start saying yes to this and yes to that and yes to this and yes to that. And before you know it, you're not following Jesus no more. You come into church on Sunday, but you're not following Jesus. Mm. Mm -mm -mm. Preach, preacher. I see it happen all the time. I'm serious. I watch. I mean, you're, you're the sheep. The Bible calls me the shepherd. I'm supposed to be watching you. And sometimes I see you wanting to go eat in another pasture. And I'm like, that's not the pasture God wants us in. You need to be in this pasture. Don't say yes to that. But I can't just jump into your life and say, no, no, no. You don't need to do that. And you don't need to do that. No, don't do that. You need to keep following. I can't do that. That would be minding your business. Sometimes we say yes to things we need to say no to. And we say no to things we need to say yes to. If you're going to be a follower of Jesus, listen to me, you're going to have to let a lot of stuff go. 
Look at your neighbor and say, it's worth it. It's so worth it. It's so worth it. Just daily submitting your plans to him. So number one, focus on the filling. Number two, follow the king. Number three, last point, be you. Just be you. Just be yourself. You see, when you understand that God created you the way you are, you understand that you're unique, you're one of a kind. Look at your name and say, you're one of a kind. Not in some weird way. Don't, don't clown with them today. You're like, oh, you're one of a kind, all right. <laughs> no, don't do that. <laughs> I saw you, Timmy, quit. <laughs> he was winding up, boys, like the preacher said. <laughs> But you're the only one like you, right? So if you spend your time trying to be like somebody else, then the world's missing you. Say that's good. If you're busy trying to be somebody that you're not, then who's busy trying to be you? God gave you those kids to follow you, not to follow somebody else. Amen? Just be you. Verse 13, watch this. This is going to help you. I shared this in the men's Bible study. They got the preview for the sermon. Verse 13. It says, the members of the council were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John. For they could tell they were ordinary men with no special training in the scriptures. They also recognized them as men who had been with Jesus. Now, my God, my God, if that doesn't help you, Say ordinary. Do you know ordinary is okay? Who God built his church with? Ordinary people with no special training in the scriptures. Now, that's not an excuse not to read your Bible. Because <laughs> some of you are like, oh, just got out of that. No, no, no. Read your Bible. Study your Bible. Follow the king. Be you. Be ordinary. If you're preaching to people and you're trying to impress them, they're not getting your message. Come on. We don't study the scriptures to swell our heads. We study the scriptures to help us understand who we're following. Amen? Just be yourself. Be ordinary. Ordinary is fine. You know, God's the only one that can turn ordinary into extraordinary. You know, that's, how the, that's one of the ways that he reaches the world around us is he takes your ordinary life and he turns it into something extraordinary. So you go from being a regular old Joe with a marriage that's very, barely hanging on to a, a regular old Joe with an incredible marriage, with an extraordinary marriage. And then your friends go, I thought it was over with between you two. They say, oh, no, bro, we was down, but we wasn't out. And Jesus turned it around and made it extraordinary. And then what you do is when you take that story of how Jesus turns your ordinary around to extraordinary and you share it with other ordinary people, they become extraordinary. You see the cycle? That's it. That's a good cycle. You don't have to act like your favorite preacher. You don't have to try to be like anyone else. You're the only you on the planet. You know what my prayer for you is this morning? It comes out of verse 13, that when people see you, they'll recognize you as somebody who's been with Jesus.
They'll say, you know, there's something different about that person. Seems like they've been with someone greater. Seems like they've been with Jesus. These educated religious leaders recognized that these men had been with Jesus. Wow. How do we do that? How do I just be me? Well, I think you have to find your identity in your relationship with Jesus. You got to fall in love with what God fell in love with. You. But you got to love yourself the right way. You got to love yourself because of what God's done in your life. You getting this this morning? You got to find your identity in him because listen to me, the world's going to leave you hanging. People are going to leave you hanging and you're not ever going to know what your identity is by what you do or who you hang out with. Your identity is only going to be securely found in your relationship with Jesus. It's not by what you do. Some of us are killing ourselves trying to create some kind of identity by what we do. And God's going, stop. It's found in me, in us hanging out together. This is where your your, your identity is found. It's found in me. Are you hearing me? You know what that that does for you? It it takes the pressure that this world has on you to, to be this and to be that and to be known as this and be known and be successful here. It takes all that pressure off. And you go, what? You just kind of go, I'm Jamie. What's so special about you? Well, I'll follow Jesus. He's got the greatest name ever. When I die, my eternity is secure. I'm filled with a higher power that gives me power to do what I can't do in my natural abilities. But I'm just Jamie. Just be you. You don't have to be anybody else. Find your identity in your relationship with Jesus. So let me wrap this up. They commanded after this, they commanded Peter and John to never preach about Jesus again. <laughs> yeah, right. And they weren't sure how to punish them, so they, they let them go with threats. If you do that again, he said, come on, man. Peter and John went back to the other believers and told them what had happened to them. And the Bible says this. It's all found in chapter 4. The Bible says this. When they went back to the place where all the other believers were, I don't know if it was ten or 15,000 of them, but the Bible says they went back to where the other believers were, and they told him, Man, we just got arrested for preaching about Jesus. God. Then they put, us on, they put us on trial, and we got to preach again, a bunch of idiots. I mean, come on. And they're like, they, they tried to arrest us, and they threatened us, and they told us, you better not do that again. And then they're, like, they're walking in, and they're going, Man, we got arrested for Jesus. You know what happened? The Bible says that all the believers lifted their voice to God and began to pray. This is powerful stuff. Here's the last portion of that prayer. Listen to how they prayed. Chapter 4, verse 29 to 30. It says, and now, O Lord, hear their threats and give us, your servants, great boldness in preaching your word. Stretch out your hand with healing power. May miraculous signs and wonders be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. They didn't pray, get us out of here. Lord, rescue us. Oh, Lord, take the pressure off. Oh, Lord, defend me. Oh, Lord, please protect me. They hurt me. How'd they pray? Lord, give us some more boldness. Stretch out your hand. Let's see some more miracles. Evidently, something's going right because we're stirring everything up. 
Amen? They didn't push back. They pushed in. That's called boldness. Boldness doesn't back down. You know what I love about little dogs? I don't like little dogs, but you know what I love about little dogs? Especially ones with a little attitude. It's like you can walk up on a little dog like, mm, and he's like, he ain't backing down. He ain't backing down. He's going to tear your shoestrings up. Got to go get you a new pair of shoes. Can't get to the skin. He ain't big enough. But he don't back down. We're not called to back down. We're called to be bold. Right? It's found in who you are and who you're following. So focus on the filling. Just focus on being filled with God's spirit. Don't forget that you leak. You need to be filled again. Number two, follow the king. Just focus on following Jesus. And number three, just be you. Don't try to be anybody else. Don't try to impress somebody. Don't try to act like somebody. Be you. You're the best you there ever was made. Amen? Last verse. I'm going to wrap it up. Verse 31. Listen to the results of this prayer. After this prayer, the meeting place shook. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Then they preached the word of God with boldness. Who preached the word of God? Ten to 15,000 people. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And they all preached about Jesus with boldness. The foundations of the place where they were meeting shook. I think God got excited with their boldness.